0: Zanzibar's harem took a pounding from the British Navy for 38 minutes. Not bad for a seaman. I'm Kevin Leeson.
1: In the Pig War, you ate or I Day. I'm Joe Fuulgemm.
0: The War of the
2: Golden Stool will have you on the edge of your seat. I'm Torrin Atkinson and this is caustic soda.
0: Comes from the Proto Indo European vert, which means to turn or to wind. Oh, uh, the sense uncanny or supernatural developed from Middle English use of weird sisters for the f- three fates, the goddesses who controlled human destiny, oh. portrayed as odd or frightening in appearance, such as in Macbeth, which mm. led to the adject- adjectival meaning odd looking or uncanny, odd, strange, disturbingly different. Got okay. It. War is yes. from the late Old English virre, meaning large scale military conflict, from Proto Germanic verza, meaning to confuse or perplex, from Pre Indo European verse to confuse, mix up, suggests the original sense of war was to bring into confusion. Almost sounds like the same word. Origin. Confusion and war, yes. We will not be discussing today weird weapons mm. or weird strategies, tactics, mm. because okay. uh, doing the when I just scraped the surface of those two things, there's more than enough material for a whole other episode. Okay, weird War is going to turn into a little bit of a mini series.
2: Weird wars. Uh-huh.
0: The first psychologist to investigate war was William James, who wrote the essay The Moral Equivalent of War in 1910. James oh. suggested that warfare was prevalent because of its positive psychological effects, Oh, both on the individual and on society as a whole. I love we, attacking other people. Uh, mm-hmm. On a social level. Oh, I'm going to give him a, a twang. You gotta. On a social level, war brings a sense of unity in the face of a collective threat. It binds people together, not just the army engaged in battle, but the whole community. Right. (laughs) Uh, He referred to this as discipline, a sense of cohesion with communal goals. He believed the war effort inspired individual citizens, not just soldiers, to behave honorably and unselfishly in the service of a greater good. On an individual level, a positive effect of war was that it made people feel more alive, more alert, more awake, or what we call them the three A's. Ah, Ah! it redeems life from flat degeneration it supplies meaning and purpose transcending the monotony of everyday life mm. life seems cast upon a higher plane of power okay. warfare also enables the expression of higher human qualities oh. which often lie dormant in ordinary life such as discipline courage unselfishness and self-sacrifice
2: sure that's one side of the coin
0: yeah, well, this is one man's opinion. And then they're
2: stabbing someone in the neck with, well, your, <laughs> with your bayonet. Now,
0: what was his title? Was he a psychologist? Oh, it says psychologist. I think his title should have been warmonger. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah, but all that stuff, discipline, courage, unselfishness, and self-sacrifice is stuff that you drill into people so they'll go to war. If you <laughs> oh, think you, it's you good- think it's a
0: chicken and egg argument.
1: I, yeah, I, I mean, it. It. it's true. There's discipline, but that's because we found out that if you have troops with discipline, they win your wars, mm-hmm. more, more likely than those who don't. So you drill discipline into them. If you want discipline, you can do it without war. No farming. I, farming you requires
2: you have to get up to milk right. that cow.
1: Yeah, that that's requires I'm a not, lot of
0: discipline. That's why I'm not a farmer or a soldier. Maybe they're at war with those cows. The cow war. The cow war. Mm. Well, we'll talk about some animal, uh, <laughs> you know, engendered uh, wars later on. Seventy six to sixty three B C. Mm. The third Mithridatic War. That's the peeing war, right? A mithri.
2: Mithrid- <laughs> Mithrid- Mithridatic. Mithridatic. that oh. to pee.
0: No, no, it's uh, it's it's when there's a fog over the Adriatic Sea said by a um, someone with a speech a, someone impediment. With a speech impediment. Exactly. Oh,
2: there's so much mist.
0: Yeah. Uh. Lucilus, a politician of the Roman Republic, was a major commander during this war. Hoping to attack the kingdom of Pontus while Pontus. its army was away, Lucilus was surprised to find his invasion force met by King Mithridates himself. Okay. With the two armies on the verge of battle facing off across an open field about to engage, a fireball meteorite appeared in the sky. What? The molten object slammed into the ground between the two armies. <laughs> the reports from each side suggest that both forces... Fearing the wrath of the respective gods fled the battlefield as quickly as they could. That's kind of awesome. So uh, no casualties in In this this war. war. Uh, This was a, uh, you know, a war interruptus.
2: I guess the first and the second Midriatic
0: War went over so well. Yeah, they won the third. I mean, it was just like a sequel, right? I mean, we've got four Transformers movies, for God's sakes. Those things are awful.
1: Can you imagine (laughs) the pious cowards in either army who were praying for them to not have to fight. Oh, God. Big open field. This yeah, I was like hit one by guy sword. Please, like,
2: he was on the battlefield, please. all sweating, shaking, barely holding his spear,
0: and then the... Please the God do anything. Comes down. Okay, guys, call it off. God <laughs> yeah, doesn't want it. That's it. It's over. It's over. Well, that or if he was the guy who was actually praying, please God, yeah. have a fireball fall from the sky Stay. so that we don't have to fight right. these guys. Yeah. And then the They're two guys really on mean... either side of him are like, yeah, did you see that yep. guys? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the fucking prophet." That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Then he goes home. He's like, "But please God, if you could, I could. I'd like to win the lottery. Uh, <laughs> you know, just well, What would be the lottery equivalent in ancient Rome? Uh, uh,
1: he, found a couple of cows." Oh, okay. Please, God, right. let me find a couple of cows. I would be so rich. Not stoned to death. Uh, Lucullus was eventually
0: successful in his conquest of Pontus, though failed attempts to invade Armenia led to the Senate relieving him of his command.
2: Oh, too bad.
1: You can't. You can't invade Armenia successfully. Fuck mm. you. You're yeah, fired. Right.
0: Do
2: you need more flaming
0: skyballs yeah. to inspire you? <laughs> Maybe if you could shoot flaming skyballs, mm. we wouldn't be in this position. Instead of being chased off the field by a flaming skyball. 756 A.D. Siege of Yongchu. A Tang Dynasty official, Zhang Jun, led forces during a siege of the important outpost Yongchu from the rebel Yan faction. Zhang Jun's troops ran out of arrows pretty quickly and therefore oh. lost any chance to break the siege of the city. In the dead of night, he ordered his men to play war drums and make noises as if they were planning to sally forth out of the walls. Ooh, sally. As they did so... They- fan of Sally's, are you? Remember
2: that, <laughs> a, car, car, a newspaper comic called Sally Forth?
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> sort of? Yeah. Well, well, you, you, but you said it like you thought she was sexy or something. Uh, sure. Okay, all right. That's good to know. As they played the drums and made noises as if they were planning to sally forth, they lowered straw dummies down the face of the wall. The enemy, thinking they were under attack, Zhang Jun's army was leaving the city, shot the dummies with as many arrows as possible. Zhang Jun's troops then raised the dummies and resupplied their arrow stores. Oh, wait, okay. So, straw dummies to get arrows to fire back at them. Oh,
2: I see. So, they Uh shot the
0: dummies full of arrows. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That seems like it would not work, though, really. The next night. Okay. (laughs) They tried the same ploy again. Right. But the enemy ignored the tactic. So, Zhang Jun's troops actually sallied forth and broke the siege with a surprise attack. Okay. All right. So, it's like, don't shoot the arrows, boys. Who was in charge? Just straw dummies. (laughs) Who was in charge of this? uh... Zhang Jun. You're a
2: smart guy. Mm
0: hmm. Yep.
2: 1325. Dude, 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 dude. You put the War of the Bucket. Oh, the War of the Bucket. There you go. Fought in Italy between the rival city-states of Bologna Uh,
0: I think it might be pronounced Bologna.
2: Bologna and Modena. Uh-huh. It was provoked when Modenese soldiers stole the bucket from a city well.
0: Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: In reality, this was but a single episode in the over 300-year-long struggle between Guelphs and Ghibellines. hmm These were factions supporting the Pope and the Holy Roman Emperor, respectively. And the split between these two parties was a particularly important aspect of the internal policy of the Italian city-states from 1,075 until the 15th century.
0: So Guelphs, Ghibellines? Guelphs uh,
2: and Ghibellines and Bolognes and Modinas. And,
0: all right. Okay. All right. think keep too it many. straight. I think uh, the Bolognese are Guelphs and the uh, Modinas are Ghi- Ghibellines. I mean, we, you said them in that order, so that's what I'm just guessing. Who uh, are followers of the Pope and the Holy Roman Emperor respectively. Yes.
2: Broadly speaking. Uh-huh. Guelphs tended to come from wealthy mercantile families, whereas Ghibellines were predominantly those whose wealth was based on agricultural estates. But everybody was wealthy. Guelph cities tended to be in areas where the emperor was more of a threat to local interests than the pope. And the Ghibelline cities tended to be in areas where the enlargement of the papal states was the more immediate threat. All right. Holy Roman Emperor Henry V.I.I. was disgusted by supporters of both sides when he visited Italy in thirteen ten, disgusted
0: by both
3: supporters.
2: <laughs> well,
0: they're stealing buckets for God's sakes. I mean, uh, like when you're when you're getting to the you know kind of the nitty gritty of it all. It's like you're, you're. I mean, are these just like you know the longest? pranksters in history well, like maybe. You, 400 years of pranks you know one guy's stealing the bucket the other guy they're like you know uh painting a mustache on their pet pig <laughs> right you know the other guys right. like they're putting TPing. strand wrap
2: over the to- over the toilet bowl
0: they're TPing the castle yep. right you know they're uh they're throwing eggs at their at their serfs in 1334, Pope Benedict XII. Oh, they're surfing their serfs. They're using their serfs as surfboards. <laughs> threatened people,
2: <laughs> threatened people who used either the Guelph or Ghibelline name with excommunication.
0: These guys are like the Middle Ages Italian versions of frat houses. Maybe you know nobody likes them. Maybe They're the Holy Roman Emperor is kind of like guys, yeah. guys, guys. Just shut up. Just right? it back. The, the Pope is just like, okay, if you guys actually keep doing this shit to each other, I'm gonna kick you out of the church.
2: Mm-hmm. Now Modena won the Battle of Zappolino, mm-hmm. the only battle in the War of the Bucket.
0: It does sound like a good pasta, though. Zappolino. I, really would, I would order a bowl yeah. of Zappolino if yeah. I were in a you know a top shelf Italian restaurant.
2: An unusually large encounter. The battle took place fifteenth November thirteen twenty five towards sunset. The Bolognese had thirty thousand foot soldiers. The what? That seems yes. like a lot. Mm-hmm. And two thousand cavaliers. Uh huh. They face 2,000 Cavaliers and 5,000 foot soldiers on the Modenese side. So the Modenese are outnumbered
1: 6 to 1. So does Cavalier mean you fight, but you're not really into it. You're like, yeah, I'll fight, whatever. Just, <laughs> just kind of go about it. and <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll fight if you need me. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, kind of, They're,
0: they're, uh, they're uh, yeah, blase about it. The Ghibellini
2: were arrayed on the plain while the Guelphs were on the slope descending from Bersaglieri towards Zappolino. Mm-hmm. The battle was over by nightfall, with almost 2,000 casualties, and the Bolognese routed.
0: Wait, wait, hold on a second. When did this battle start?
2: Uh, towards sunset.
0: And when did it end?
2: Uh, by nightfall.
0: <laughs> but this was over, how, this battle took like 30 minutes, they killed 2,000 people? It's all during people? the golden
2: hour.
1: Oh, it must have been the most beautiful massacre yep. ever.
0: Wow, that is quick. That is a quick turnaround. No wonder they were like stealing buckets and like you know, uh, um, you know, leaving uh, paper bags of dog poop on each other's doorsteps and whatnot. It was like either one side is really incompetent about staying alive, or the other side is really good at killing.
2: The Modanese advanced to the walls of Bologna, destroying the castles of Crespolano, mm-hmm. Zola, Samogia, and Zola Castle Franco and Piumazzo. Piumazzo. All right. All of those castles... Got it. ...were destroyed. You cannot visit them anymore. Wow. <laughs> the Modenese scornfully organized a Palio, a staged athletic competition. Oh, okay. So they out, did professional
1: uh, wrestling. All right.
2: Outside the very gates of the city to commemorate... The eternal memory of those sent out on the expedition and the eternal
1: shame of Bologna.
0: Oh, God. So.
1: Totally professional wrestling, right?
0: uh, Yeah, well, well, I mean, in, oh, the, middle, yeah. in the, well, the Middle Ages version yeah, of it, yeah. right? You know, whatever that might be. Probably punching uh, peasants, right? You know, a yeah. peasant punching competition. And
1: just ton of, like, uh, microphone shouting and boasting, right? You know, when those Bolognese
0: came over, we totally kicked their ass. Well, so the, so the Bolognese had 30,000 people on the field, right? Mm. 2,000 of them got—I mean, if they got routed, I'm sure most of the 2,000 dead were from their side. Right. Mm. So they emptied all their castles, ran back to Bologna, shut the gates. And these like other guys ran up and were like, we are so badass Mm. that Mm. I'm going to like, I'm going to bench press right outside here to show you how badass I am. I'm going to do crunches. I'm going to punch peasants. Peace agreements the following January
2: returned Monteveglio and the other castles to Bologna. A return to status quo that was probably paid for privately with ransom. Mm -hmm. In short, one of the bloodiest medieval battles had virtually no outcome and is largely ignored by historians. (laughs) The wooden bucket that the Modenese took as spoils from the Bolognese was venerated in Modena in remembrance of the victory. It could be seen in the basement. Of
0: the Torre della Gerlandina. Okay. Is that a, another castle? Torre sounds like it's like a castle or a tower or something, I'm guessing. Up until
2: 1911. It was oh. later replaced by a copy, while the original pale is still, as of two thir-
0: 2013, visible in Modena's town hall. They <laughs> took it out of the
2: basement. <laughs> they right put up it in the, the town, town hall.
0: Home. Wow. So it was in this basement for 700 and something years.
1: Mm-hmm. Almost 800 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this no, is like, like so a little, little,
2: little stanchion yeah. and velvet rope <laughs> yeah, around yeah. it.
1: Is this where Springfield and Shelbyville got their lemon tree story yeah, from? Maybe. Yeah,
0: maybe. maybe.
2: The history of the bucket was told in Alessandro Tosino's satirical poem, La Secchia
0: Rapita. Uh, I, uh, how awesome must this bucket have been? to like warrant 2000. Well, they couldn't get the water
2: deaths. out of the well if you take the
0: bucket. You got to go down there with your cupped hands? <laughs> but do you need to get the other to get that particular bucket back or could you not gun down to the market? These were all wealthy mercantile families, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's established. So, how expensive was a bucket?
2: It, you know, it's the it's the bucket of um, wait, whose bucket was it? bologna's.
0: It's a Oh, It's a bucket. bucket made out of bologna. Oh maybe. Oh, the now meat I bucket, get it, right? You know. That, that's that'd be worth having. I, a actually, bucket of bologna? Yeah, yeah. I kind of want a meat bucket right now.
2: Do you want a bucket of bologna?
0: No. Bologna's not exactly the best kind. <laughs> I, of I go of with meat a bucket of salami, salami though. What about that uh a good salami? There's like, you know,
2: remember that p- a pimento loaf? What, how do you I feel don't care for that out? whatsoever?
0: That's like that's like now, the uh, sixties version, version of spam. It's
1: like, hey, we don't have meat. Let's put some pimento in.
0: Yeah, no, I don't care for that one bit. Yum yum yum. That would you want your meat bucket to be made out of pimento loaf? I would
2: also take the. I would always when when we had them in sandwiches as yeah. a child, you would always take the pimentos out first and yeah. eat them, and then just put the meat
0: in your bread in between your. Uh, that's a white very bread liberal definition of meat. Whatever that and, loaf is and was made sandwich of. really, like. yeah precisely you Can't
1: just anything in between uh,
0: but this is, this uh, yeah. is
2: why I turned out the way I am
0: this is all ego and self-gratification right yeah. like, I mean that they're like you can't take our bucket we're gonna fuck your shit up yeah. right and then they get their asses handed to them yeah this
1: is like dueling uh, jocks oh, from universities that right? is the worst part
0: of this isn't it that the bolognians get their bucket taken they go you can't take our bucket we're gonna fuck your shit up we're gonna put 30,000 people out on the field <laughs> right and the monies are like Come and get it, yeah. come and get it, bro. And then it's like one of those YouTube videos of the guy who like is like a super small guy who like roundhouse kicks that big guy like oh, right in the yeah. face, and like KO's yeah. him with like one shot. And they like you know kind of makes a weird unconscious noise and runs back <laughs> into his castle, right? And they're like, this is the absolute equivalent, I'm like dude, bloody. And then they then they stage a athletic competition outside their castle taunting them yeah probably wearing their bucket on their heads oh yeah maybe competition
2: oh they should all like have they all their helmets should have been buckets Buckets, just as taunting which one's the real bucket you don't know (laughs) you don't even know
1: anymore you You have have chosen we will get
2: all of those buckets and bring them back
0: (laughs) didn't happen heads inside of them oh Mm -hmm.
1: 1689 the sham battle and the cochico massacre all right Passa Conaway, the Penacook chieftain, enforced peace amongst his people with the settlers near Dover Point in 1623. He demanded tolerance between them, Mm. as did his son, Juana Lancet, who succeeded his father in 1665. He liked to pop zits. He always wanted a Lancet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dover's biggest landowner was British emigrant Richard Waldron, and records show that Waldron was accused but not convicted of selling liquor to the natives and cheating them in trades.
0: Okay, okay. All right. So, uh, a.k.a. A, a businessman. Yeah, I've got yeah. some uh, business interests in yeah. uh, Dover Point. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe uh, some liquor fell off a truck and it ended up in some Indians uh, wigwam.
1: You want to buy six you pack? That'll What's be, that got to do with me? That'll be three pelts. Yeah. You want to? Oh, you want to have three? That'll be five pelts. <laughs> hey, all I can't the... break these up. It's expensive for me. Yeah. In Massachusetts, a Wapanog chieftain nicknamed King Philip declared open war on Europeans in 1675. Okay. When 200 native survivors- How'd that turn out? uh, Probably not good. No, no, no. When 200 native survivors from King Philip's war fled to the Cochico area, Waldron was required to capture and turn them over to Boston authorities. All right. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Waldron was in a precarious position since he had just renewed a peace treaty with Wana and 200 local natives were gathered in the Dover area. Hmm. Waldron success, suggested a sham battle Ooh. to the Wapanog refugees. Ooh. Okay, He convinced them that if white soldiers appeared to battle the Native Americans, it would convince the Boston soldiers that the situation was, quote, being oh. taken care of, Okay, and oh. they could leave. Oh. Right. Legend has it that Waldron even loaned the Natives a cannon with which to, quote, defend themselves. This right. is going to go
2: off perfectly
0: without a
1: hitch. I okay. just don't. All right. But... Wal- All right.
0: So, they, I mean, they said... It seems like a credible plan. Except for the fact that This is a ploy. This is a gambit. This is a gambit. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I mean, what is his end game? Is his endgame that he's gonna pretend that he's killed all the Indians that he's like, Well, I can't capture them. I murdered them all, and then the boss guys are like, oh, mission accomplished. And that could work.
2: Well it sounds that like to me that it's just okay, you guys just go a fight for a long time until these guys leave.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, You're just like uh and they're <laughs> Like pillow fighting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's in, right. their, in their gym jams. Yeah. yeah. Just make a lot of noise or just stand next to each other. And just like clash swords. Right. Yeah. Ching, chang, ching, chang. Swords. Can you get to get, the Boston guys? Can they hear this? That's
1: right. Like, oh, no. You just go into the woods and go,
0: oh, I expire.
1: All those Native American swordsmen.
0: Yeah. It was something that could carry over a great distance. Right. Like, you know, the Boston guys would hear but not see. Hmm. All right, so how'd this turn out, Joe?
1: Waldron betrayed them. Oh, oh, of course he did. The natives were only given enough ammunition for one shot each, and on September 6th, 1689, Cochico and Boston militia surrounded the Indians and separated the local natives from the Massachusetts warriors. Cochico?
0: More like Kochiki.
1: Cochito. Oh, yeah. These 200 natives were marched to Boston, where some were hanged and some were sold as slaves. Oh, That that, that didn't turn out well for them Waldron had saved One of Lancet's men But the New Hampshire natives Felt betrayed after the incident Oh So Waldron actually Kind of upheld His
0: peace treaty With The local natives Sort of Because he didn't send them To Boston To be hanged And sold into slavery Yeah
3: So um,
1: Okay He didn't tell them The full plan though It seems Right Yeah
0: Seems like weird Like why
2: would you even I don't know Set up this Sham yeah. battle. Sham battle. Why not just go in there and grab them if
0: you... Because uh, because they had like a minimum of 400 heavily armed natives. And it also gets
1: them all into one spot. Yeah. right? They like agree, oh, we're going to... Yeah, okay, we'll meet you here and we'll pretend and then... Whatever.
0: Yeah, because he just signed the peace treaty and all the local natives were hanging around town. So mm-hmm. if he said, screw these guys, we're going to kill them all and send them to Boston. It could have turned out not well for him.
3: Okay. All right.
1: That's my guess. Yeah. Wanna Lancet was succeeded by Chief Kanga Magus who mm-hmm. saw whites demanding more land, and their treatment of natives was increasingly harsh. Probably true. Native <laughs> families were each paid one peck of corn annually for the loss of their traditional hunting Ooh, grounds. How much is a peck of corn?
0: Uh, just enough that it keeps a bird satiated. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, not, not a lot. lot. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. I think that's why it like, angers people. Got them all riled up, because like, oh, I got enough uh, corn for a bird. Great. A peck is about two gallons, or eight dry quarts. Mm, all right. A gallon is like four liters, so it's like eight liters of corn. Per year. Per year. That's not a lot of corn. No. no. For the loss so of their traditional, your, traditional yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: You guys
2: couldn't have hunted more corn on this <laughs> patch <laughs> of a, land anyway. a peck.
1: Um, so it
0: really was about enough corn for a bird maybe for a year. Yeah.
1: Indians were required to lay down their guns in sight of any English person. Mm. Okay. okay. How are they supposed to know that? What the difference between like English, English and, and Irish and, and Dutch? Oh, probably and... just whiteies. Oh yeah,
0: I think by English that's
1: heavily yeah. air quoted. Yeah. That's like uh, white guys. It's basically do what we say every shoot. That's, you, probably uh, that's a uh, you know a businessman. You know if you see a businessman <laughs> on the road, get laid out of your gun. I you got know. some English in me. Yeah, that's right. No native could travel paths east of Merrimack River without a certificate from Major Waldron. So they weren't oh, even allowed to freely move around. And right.
0: great, now you got to get uh, like a hall pass. Basically, yeah, basically. You gotta basically get a hall pass yeah. to like cross the other side of a river.
1: Oh, yeah, I can see that annoying people. I can yeah. see that riling people up. Absolutely. Uh huh. Racial tension increased. Farmers started to carry rifles into the workfields. Houses on strategic high points were fortified. And by 1684, there were 50 garrisoned houses within 15 miles of Dover. Right. In Cochico, rifles protruded through tiny holes in the thick walls behind sharp palisade fences. Oh. Women were trained how to pour boiling water through loose boards on the second story onto an attacking enemy below. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty medieval. Waldron, aware of the tensions, reportedly told the townsfolk that he could assemble 100 men simply by lifting his finger. Oh. 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 Go plant your pumpkins would be his legendary last words. (laughs) Oh,
0: God. (laughs) Oh, God. Go plant your pumpkins. Uh, They'll have. You know, fresh fertilizer in the
1: form of uh, my dead body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On June 27th, a few Native American women appeared at Fort Kachiko garrisons requesting shelter for the night, because it was a common request. They were taken in mm. okay. that night. Each undefended garrison was opened by the women from the inside, <gasps> right? and the Penacook war parties rushed in. Dun dun dun. Yeah, it's another one of these.
0: It's another one of these kind of old schooly like, well, women won't do anything. That's right. Yeah. It's where sexism actually comes back to bite you in the ass. Yes. Right. And you're like, oh, well, they're just. Pfft. Just women. They're women. just squaws. No like, woman can open do? a locked
1: door from the inside. <laughs> yeah,
0: what, I mean, come on. <laughs> you tell them not to do it and they don't do it. That's what women do. They right. do what they're right?
1: Yep. Waldron, then 74 years old, was tied to a chair, and the warrior slashed him Ooh. across the chest repeatedly with his own sword as ah. each warrior symbolically crossed out his trading account with the distrusted merchant. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, God. Yeah. But they
0: did have swords. Yes, they, they,
2: they had they swords. His. Yes. Yeah, they
0: yeah. took his sword. So, wait, it's like, so <laughs> crossed out their account. Are they saying, yeah. like, oh, hey, you know, I owed you like five bucks for that uh, additional peck of corn that I needed? Oh, yeah, here's a debt resolved. You've had got... you know, two English pounds. Pounds for that slash. Three English pounds for that slash.
1: You've got red in your ledger. Let me show you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I am bang you in your own blood. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, His- that's, that's that's vengeful. That is, I think you can categorize that oh. as vengeful. Oh, I'm
1: not done yet. Yeah. Waldron's ears and nose were cut off and shoved into his mouth. Oh, oh. nice. So, like, I, you have
2: bad breath. Here, smell this. No, no, it's a, uh,
1: <laughs> it's a hear no evil, see no evil, smell, smell no it, evil, speak no eat evil no kind evil. of situation. After he was forced to fall on his own sword, the oh. attackers cut off his hand. Oh, The garrison was burned and his family killed or captured. A half- not
2: Piss off the cachicos. Yeah.
1: Why do you think they
0: cut off his hand after they had killed him? it was just like a,
2: just like
1: I don't know.
0: Maybe
2: because
1: it was a, a cheating hand.
0: It's just a clerical error. Oh no, guys! It says
2: here. We're supposed to cut off his hand and then make him fall on the sword. All right. Well, we'll just cut off his hand now. Yeah. Just cut okay. Off his okay. Hand. All
0: right, okay. They were following their instruction manual. Yeah. The uh, the process by which you torture and maim and humiliate your victims. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to something to do with like that was his cheating hand or something. Oh, maybe like that was the hand that he took their oh, money uh, with, or, right, sh- or you know? shook your hand when he yeah, gave yeah, you a false yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Probably something like yeah. that. Oh. Maybe he wasn't quite dead after he fell on his sword. They cut his hand off and slapped him in the face with his own hand. Oh, yeah, like, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> yeah. A classic, a classic gambit. I know I know that one very well. <laughs> with the cutting off part? No, but the, oh, okay. the why are you hitting yourself? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, this is just like, why are you hitting yourself 2.0? I
1: think I can hear Mike sobbing outside. <laughs>
0: Ah, your poor brother.
1: A half dozen other Cochico homes were burned out by morning. In one bloody afternoon, a quarter of the colonists in what is now Dover, New Hampshire, were gone. 23 killed, 29 captured in a revenge attack by native warriors. Revenge.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, So sham battle, good idea or bad idea? Good idea in that you didn't have to engage like 400 like, you know, native warriors in open battle, like kind of within your own town. Bad idea because you end up getting your ear, nose, and hand cut no, off. I, think it's, the, I think it's
2: the betraying. Like I think, do you think that if he just went in there and just did a standard battle that was like up front, battle. was right. up front, no sham, sham, be damned, damn uh, that sham. Oh. Just have a regular battle, then the people who survived wouldn't be so pissed well, off because he didn't. Well, he didn't trick us. He just. But I
0: think fair the, and square. I think the local natives were kind of. It's pretty obvious they threw themselves in with the refugees from outside of Boston. That they were siding with the other native band. Mm, okay. So you would have had to fight your local natives that you had a peace agreement with. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because okay. they're all mixed together, and you're white. You don't know who's what. Well,
0: but here's the thing, they just said a quarter was wiped out and it was like fifty-two people. So that means there was only like two hundred people in the settlement and there were like four hundred natives. Yeah. yeah. Who says they would have won that shit? that non-sham? Like the the, the sham, I think, right. was to preserve right. you know their people. Yeah, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh let's do just we'll just do a fake fight. Yeah, because Boston right. called them up. They sent a message. Leave good. your bows and arrows and spears at home. Take this gun with one bullet in it. Take your two hundred men, women, and children. Go capture those 200 hardened native warriors that have run into your territory mm. and send them back to Boston. And uh, Waldron went, w- uh, buh. I got to come up with a better plan than right. the one that Boston has given me. Right. And how about sham battle?
1: I know. I'll screw over the natives. Yeah.
0: Well, the, you know, it wasn't entirely unheard of in the era. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he was known for ripping them off anyway. Mm-hmm.
3: J'aime
2: 1739 to 1748, the War of Jenkins' Ear. Not mm. Brown Jenkins from Dreams of the Witch House, H.P. Lovecraft story, weird human-faced rat familiar. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Just regular Jenkins.
0: Okay. Regular, good old Jenkins, who has at least one ear. Yep. yep. Minimum. Because it started a war.
2: Yep. Okay, got it. This is a war between Britain and Spain. One particular incident gave the confrontation its name. Mm-hmm. In April, 1731, in the West Indies, a Spanish coast guard boarded Captain Robert Jenkins' ship, uh-huh. pillaged it, severed his ear as punishment for raiding Spanish ships, uh-huh. and then set the ship adrift. Jenkins presented the ear to British par- Parliament, and the outraged English public demanded retribution. Uh- oh, so they didn't even t- keep his ear; they, yeah, they, they just, just cut, it cut off your ear.
0: And you, here, you take that ear. <laughs> just you take your ear back. Yeah, yeah, you can have your ear. It's a souvenir. so you'll never it's a forget. souvenir. Uh, yeah. I approve of that.
2: An account of the attack on Robert Jenkins is as follows: The British brig Rebecca, captained by Robert Jenkins of the East India Company, and supposedly carrying a cargo of sugar from the British colony to Jamaica mm-hmm. of Jamaica mm-hmm. to London, lay becalmed off Havana when she was overtaken by the 16 oared Spanish Sloop, San Antonio, oh. captained by Juan Leon Fandinho. Mm-hmm. Nice. And the Spaniards demanded to search her for contraband. They motivated Jenkins' cooperation by hoisting him up the mast three times by a rope tied around his neck. Oh. <laughs> that was the motivation. Hey, hold on a second. motivated. We call motivated.
0: <laughs> motivated cooperation? Yeah. I think it was like, hey, you know, if you don't uh, cooperate, we're going to do it one more time. Yeah. Yeah. And then casting him down the forward hatch. Exactly when they have him tied up with a rope around his neck, and his men are are, are no nope. longer in the picture to the degree where they can haul him up the mast. How much cooperation do you require? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Is he just still
1: saying no? And they're like, "Look, we can't unless you tell us we're allowed." Oh, are Spaniards vampires? Where they have to be invited <gasps> inside? They have to be invited to uh, vampire to- pirates. Vampirets. Vampirets. S- TM. They can only take over a ship if you invite them on board. That's right. That's right. To look for contraband. <laughs> Amassed, you scurvy dogs. Invite us over and we'll slit you from gullet to neck. <laughs> yeah.
2: The Spanish lieutenant Dorche took hold of his left ear and with his cutlass slid it down. And then another of the Spaniards took hold of it and tore it off.
0: Oh, the the cut didn't even take it all the way off. Oh god! Oh Jesus! Uh, I like have like a hangnail, right? And you like you know clip that last little bit and kind of pull it, yank it out. Like you know, you feel like kind of like that little like thread of skin like holding on. Like that makes my skin crawl. Imagine if somebody did that to your ear. Oh, I would leave an ugly scar. It's just, oh. it's just hanging by the lobe. Oh God, <laughs> ugly scar! I've never wanted a detached lobe more than right now.
1: Mm. And let me tell you, the way they deal with uh, with Captain Jack on Pirates of the Caribbean is mm. so much nicer than this. Ugh.
0: slice his ear with a cutlass too. It's not a scalpel, right? That's not a. I would rather they do it with a steak knife than a cutlass. That a cutlass? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it has "cut" in well, the title, but I'm still also has "lass." <laughs> Oh, uh. <laughs> maybe it got named that way because they like you know etched you know naked ladies on it. So they have something to entertain them. The yeah, uh, maybe. To see, but still, you know, take a cutlass to a guy's ear. You just you know what it's like. It's like that like first time you go to a barber for a close shave, and you're sitting there just like. <gasps> Holding your breath, like you don't want to move, because like they're taking this straight razor. Is he going to slit my throat yes. just out of
2: malice? Because he's a crazy. Is that crazy barber I've been hearing about? Yeah,
0: precisely, <laughs> right. But uh, you know, when when a Spanish pirate is going at you with a cutlass. I'm not holding out much hope for surgical precision. And the fact that they had to yank the ear off, I yeah. think I'm right.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, too. Ugh, so, yeah. they, so they gave him the piece of his ear.
0: Oh, and then they gave it back. Yeah. Maybe they felt bad about it? Like, oh, sorry, that was a little... Uh... We
1: haven't found anything, so you get to keep this.
0: No, I think it was more like, like, oh, dude, that was kind of... I'm sorry. Here, take it back. <laughs> Maybe you can stitch it back on or something. I, that, that was... We didn't mean it to be that ugly. Oh,
2: they were accusing him of smuggling and bidding him carry it to his majesty, King George. Here, take this back to your king.
0: Oh, show more. we mean business. Yep. Now, why the ear? Why'd they choose the ear?
2: Mm. Maybe it was a particularly guess, handsome ear.
0: More harsh than a haircut. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You got shave his head, take yep. your hair back to King George. Mm.
1: Also, probably a part you could cut off that you would be reasonably confident he would survive. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe they're like, it's got another one. Yeah.
0: Right? You know? Could have done a pinky. Right. Could have done a pinky. But they did the ear.
1: Maybe they kept saying, can you, let, okay, we're going to search for contraband. And he was like, what?
0: <laughs> Research right. for contraband? Right. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I can't answer that because yeah, I can't was his hear you. Yeah, I was, was like, like I I'm know. sorry, uh, no
0: español. Yeah, well, if, right? you're not like, gonna, oh. if
2: you're not going to use those things, I'm just going <laughs> to cut them off. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh.
2: So throughout the 1730s, there were diplomatic attempts to resolve the conflict between England and Spain.
0: How do you resolve
1: getting an ear cut off?
0: Well, I think I think there were probably a lot of other conflicts, not just the ear. Right. That this is like you know part of the. It's became the the rallying cry. Well,
1: when you're at the point where you like in. In looking for contraband, in order to demand they let you look, you're cutting off ears and, like, tying the guy by his neck and lowering him. Uh, what do you do when you actually find <laughs> contraband? You've already punished him. <laughs> yeah. How do you diplomatically resolve when you're already at that point? Right. Oh. But That's after
2: right. all diplomatic means were exhausted, mm-hmm. King George II authorized the Admiralty Board to seek maritime reprisals against Spain. Oh, a fleet of warships departed Britain bound for the West Indies to attack Spanish ships and possessions.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. In 1739,
2: Portobello, a silver-exporting town on the coast of Panama, was attacked by six ships of the line under Vice Admiral Edward Vernon, who captured it within 24 hours. The mm-hmm. British occupied the town, destroyed its fortifications, port, and warehouses. Portobello Road in London is named after this victory.
0: Oh, they renamed a the road after mm. it. Okay, that's cool.
2: More medals were awarded to... What partic- about the mushroom?
0: Was the mushroom named after it too?
2: Yes, it was, uh, it was, that's why they're ship-shaped. You turn them upside down. Got it. They can float uh-huh. and uh, take over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, that's why Spaniards have, uh, have a deep-seated hatred for portobello mushrooms oh, maybe. ever
2: since. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More medals were awarded to participants of this engagement than for any other event in the 18th century.
0: For, wait, for a battle that was over in 24 hours and then they just like barely burned it to the ground?
2: Well, Portobello's economy was so damaged that it did not recover until the building of the Panama Canal nearly two centuries later. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Yep. I guess, you know, what do you cripple an opposition outpost like that? Meddle it up. <laughs>
2: yeah, The success of the Portobello operation led the British in 1740 to send a squadron under Commodore George Anson, Mm -hmm. to attack Spain's possessions in the Pacific. Before they reached the Pacific, Mm -hmm. many of his men had died from disease and were in no shape to launch any sort of attack. Okay, all right. He tried again. The following year, successfully intercepted the Manila Galleon in 1743 and captured more than a million gold coins. A million
0: coins. That's all. That's a lot of coins under any watch. It doesn't yep. matter
1: how big they are. A million of them. A million of them. That's wow. a lot of
0: gold coins. That's and, a, they could be one ounce gold coins. They could be diamonds. And it would be a million ounces yep. of gold. Yeah. That's Anson
2: arrived back in London more than three and a half years after he had set out, having circumnavigated the globe in the process, right? with less than a tenth of his original forces surviving the expedition.
0: Oh, God. Mm. Oh, well, but... You know, those profiteers, they always got like a split of the booty, right? Yeah. So the more guys yeah. that are dying, your oh, share is going yeah. up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that
0: was. Those guys all probably like, you know, when screw this, no more seafaring for this guy, I'm done. The Treaty of A. La Chapelle. Oh, I've, something to have to do with a African American comedian? Yes. He brokered it in 17. 17- I'm Rick James, bitch, sign this peace treaty.
2: The Treaty of A. La Chapelle in 1748 returned all colonial claims to previous owners, and the two nations unofficially agreed upon the St. John's River as the boundary between Georgia and Florida. From the British perspective, the war was notable because it was the first time that a regiment of colonial American troops was raised, made a part of the regular British army, and sent to fight outside North America.
0: Oh, okay. So American, like they had a little American regiment uh, battling the Spanish.
2: The War of Jenkins' Ear is commemorated annually on the last Saturday in May in Wor- at Wormslow Plantation in Savannah, Georgia. We just
0: missed it. We just missed it.
2: Oh, oh
0: could have been a Caustic soda road trip. <laughs> the War of Jenkins' Ear commemoration. How do you think they commemorate the War of Jenkins' Ear? Yeah, everybody uh, they cuts off, their, they yep. chops off one shove of their ears. It in. Yeah. <laughs> sticks it in their pocket. Takes yeah. it to the king. Yep. that's the only possible answer, isn't well, it?
1: You can make uh, cookie ears. Oh yeah, like oh, uh, yeah. cookies in the shape of ears. Ooh,
0: there's a whole like kind of. Uh, you could have ears of corn. No, no, there's there's a there's a subset Gummy ears. there's a subset of fetishists who like are into autoerotic asphyxiation, and they 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 recreate the getting hauled up the mask by your neck.
1: Yes. <laughs> and now the Wormslow fetish community will put on their performance.
2: We couldn't find a proper mask this year, so we just use a stripper pole.
0: <laughs> uh precisely.
1: I uh, note that this is not safe for children to watch, <laughs> but please enjoy this historical presentation. <laughs> this is exactly how
0: we imagined it went down. Stuff <laughs> so got all the leather jerking it. Like right this. Yeah. <laughs> 1795, Battle of Den Helder. Den Helder. Is this a place or a person? Uh, it's a place. Okay. It's a place. In January 1795, the French Revolutionary Army was advancing into the United Provinces, now known as the Netherlands. Ooh. When a sudden onset of extremely cold leather, weather extremely, extremely cold leather, cold leather. Mm. Still, oh my God, this leather's so cold. I still I still have my mind in the, uh, the, the Wormslow fetish community. When the sudden onset of extremely cold weather led to one of the strangest battles of the era. Mm. Johan Willem de Winter. Oh dear) <laughs> It's a, a little too appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. Was sent with a group of French hussars to capture the strong point of Den Helder and to keep any Dutch ships from escaping to friendly Britain. Wait, what's a hussar? Oh, they're um, they're horsemen. Okay, yeah, but they're they're they've got like uh, um, Hungarian origins. Okay, hussars actually fought in the uh, in the American War against the British too, because uh, the um, Lafayette took a bunch of French force, French hussars over there to fight on behalf of the Americans to screw up the British colonies.
2: General Lafayette?
0: hmm When the general arrived, he found that a Dutch fleet, which had been anchored in the harbor, had become stuck in thick ice brought uh, on by freezing temperatures. Right. Simply approaching the fleet by marching his horses onto the ice, yeah. the Hussars were surrounded the ships and forced the Dutch sailors to surrender. Nice. This is the only time in recorded history a fleet has been captured by a cavalry charge. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we actually have a painting of this event. Oh, that's nice. There's a... So we'll put this on the website. So go to, ca- to com and amazing. check out the French
1: Hussars capturing a Dutch fleet. I Even though it's amazing that they did it, I'm still imagining all of those horses kind of being on the ice like Bambi. Okay. Yeah. They're they're like, the fuck this, this, <laughs> a, but as bad as they've got it, the guys in the ships are still screwed. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, because it's not like they can
0: bring them around broadsides to That's fight right. the no, cannons. Can't. Just approach them from the front and the yeah. back and you're all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: 1828 the pastry war Mmm, delicious oh so this when is... pastries fight one another for who is the most tasty <laughs> yeah.
0: no this is this is like just the uh, the 1828 version of uh, cake boss or cake wars <laughs> you know those like all those reality shows <laughs> are like right. stolen that's from this right. idea it's just everybody just gathered around and tastes pastries and well, like one of them is poisoned Oh that's that's the war part. Sets out a conflict.
1: I don't know. All I'm thinking is Adventure Time in Princess Bubblegum's Candy Kingdom. They must have had a pastry war oh, at Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. In
2: 1828, angry mobs destroyed large parts of Mexico City during a military coup. Okay. Okay. One of the victims of the rioting was an expatriate French pastry chef named Remontel.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Whose small cafe was ransacked by looters. Mexican officials ignored his complaints.
0: Mm-hmm. So Remontel got a rat to
1: help cook food for
0: everyone. <laughs> well, in it, in the Mexican authorities' defense, it is especially easy to ignore people with French accents because it's so mm, comical, right? right. Uh, my uh, at my <laughs> cafe has been ransacked. Oh, I went Italian on that one. God, I even have French. I can't even do it.
2: So Remontel petitioned the French government for compensation. His Mm -hmm. request sat unnoticed through official channels until a decade later. Okay. Oh, the bureaucracy.
0: Oh, God. When it came to the attention of King Louis-Philippe. How Mm. does it come to the
1: attention of the king? Like, did somebody... Somebody keeps passing the buck, (laughs) and eventually it goes up.
0: Or maybe, maybe somebody like, oh, the king's going to get a kick out of this. Yeah, yeah maybe. Right? You maybe know, he's like, oh, God, Dude, there's a pastry ten- chef in Mexico City.
1: No, wait, from 10 years ago. From 10 years ago.
0: Oh, you're going to love this king. Yeah.
2: Well, the king was already furious that Mexico had failed to repay millions in loans. Oh, okay. So he was looking for- <laughs>
0: You're looking for an excuse? <laughs> Remontel
2: caught the king at a good time. So he demanded they pay 600,000 pesos
0: to compensate the pastry chef for his losses. Now, hold on a second. Maybe, maybe the king went, those goddamn Mexicans, somebody find me a reason for me to get mad at the Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, there's a a letter from
1: a guy who wants compensation for the Mexican government.
2: (laughs) Can we find out how much 600,000 pesos is worth in 1828? Oh, in
1: 1828. Today, it's worth about 38,000 U.S. dollars. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's more back then. Well, no, 38,000 U.S. dollars in
0: 1828, that would be a shit ton of money.
1: It's about a hundred thousand dollars equivalent. Right. Okay. If no. if they're relatively the same right. back then as they are now. It's a hundred thousand back then, about thirty-eight thousand modern dollars.
0: Yes. Okay. Nice.
2: When the Mexicans balked at handing over such an astronomical sum, Louis Philippe did the unexpected. He started a war. He
0: declared war? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh
2: In October 1838, a French fleet arrived in Mexico and blockaded the city of Veracruz. Okay. When the Mexicans still refused to pay up, the ships began shelling the San Juan de Ulua Citadel.
0: Now, Mm -hmm. here's the even worse part. If you're in Veracruz, this all went down in Mexico City, you're like, where the fuck are we getting shelled? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ, we didn't do nothing. We like pastry chefs. they lined their walls with pastry chefs. They're just like, uh oh, mm. it's like, you know, like human shield yeah. pastry. Yeah. Yeah, like-
2: a few minor battles followed, and by December, uh, it's two weeks, uh, two months later, as many as 250 soldiers had been killed. The famous General Santa Ana even came out of retirement to lead the Mexican army against the French, uh-huh. and he lost a leg after he was wounded by grape shot.
1: Oh, God. Ah, does anybody see my leg? It's around here somewhere. Jesus.
2: Fighting finally ended in March 1839. Uh, when the British government helped to broker a peace deal as part of the treaty, the Mexican was, were forced to shell out the 600,000 pesos, no doubt a very large sh- sum for a pastry shop at the time. <laughs> so, yeah. so
0: they end up paying the 600,000 pesos anyway. Yeah. And... Yeah. And, but they had to have like a war. Yeah. So they should have just paid it right out of the get-go.
2: For like half a year.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 The 250 dead soldiers, like, wow, I... <laughs> I... I don't know if I like am frightened by the French King or if I love the French King. Pastries are very dear well, to my heart. Well, see guess how your 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 heart is surrounded by pastry at this yes. point in time. That's yes. pretty much yeah. encased in yeah. dough, right? It's got my patina of uh phyllo pastry. <laughs> well, that is true. The French take their pastries very seriously. Maybe in his letter to the king, he had very colorful language oh, that's about right. how this you know, is not
2: just a pastry roots. shop. This is a <laughs>
0: Boots had ground these beautiful croissants into the dirt, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was like an yeah. allegory of what the Mexicans think of the French yeah, people. Yeah, he actually, right? with the
2: letter, they sent like a, a cream puff with a boot heel imprinted into I it. See. Like,
0: oh, this is a travesty. <laughs> this is a crime against pastry. 1859, mm-hmm.
1: the pig war. All right. I'm not really into pastry, but bacon is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pork chops
0: taste good.
1: This controversy began in 1859 on San Juan Island, a chunk of land located between the mainland United States and Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Oh. At the time, the island was home to both American settlers and British employees of the Hudson's Bay Company, and Mm -hmm. both sides had laid claims to its land.
0: Mm. Yeah, one side laid claims to the land by spreading out those blankets. As far as the eye could see. The
1: Hudson's Bay blankets? Yeah, the uh, signature Hudson's Bay Company blankets. That even people in Canada barely know about these Mm -hmm. days. The first shot of the pig war came on June 15th, 1859, when an American farmer named Lyman Cutler gunned down a British-owned black boar Uh after he discovered the animal rooting through his potato patch. Okay, sure. All right, okay, this uh, pig's eating my potatoes. I'm gonna get I, bacon I'm gonna to crumble on whatever potatoes I got left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ensuing argument over the dead hog increased tensions between the two groups of settlers, and Cutler was even threatened with arrest. Okay. okay. He'd shoot somebody else's pig? Yeah. Okay. But the pig was on his property, right? So he'd shoot he shoot away.
2: Well, that's he didn't. You didn't have a proper fence. This is how it's all going. Yeah, down. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't bring it over there. You must have... uh, You must have lured it with your potatoes in the ground. Your
2: potatoes weren't so delicious and close to the surface.
1: This boar would never have ended up in your yard. (laughs) After the Americans reported the incident to the military, the U.S. Army dispatched Captain George Pickett to San Juan with a small complement of troops. Uh Pickett upped the ante by declaring the whole island U.S. property, Mm. and the British responded by sending a fleet of heavily armed naval vessels to the coastline. So
0: that guy was trying to, like, uh, you know pick a fight pick it try to pick a fight a standoff ensued and the situation
1: remained on a knife edge for several weeks
0: i wish that i could just show up somewhere and declare it something yeah you know i guess i guess
1: having troops
0: i guess having troops helps with that right yeah you have troops you can just like march in place and declare things i declare this
1: building for caustic soda yeah absolutely i declare this island
0: is now a resort
1: these days they are just call the cops
0: Right, right. Uh the
1: The people who own this building would come in and be like, "Get out!" No, I claim it for caustic soda. All right, call the cops. Yeah, and then we just Mm -hmm. be dragged away. No, that would be the which is that's what it is. The heavily armed naval vessels are the equivalent of police. Yeah, Uh, a standoff ensued, and the situation remained on a knife edge for several weeks. In October 1859, the two nations would finally negotiate a deal allowing for joint military occupation of San Juan Mm -hmm. Island, Mm -hmm. ending the Pig War as a bloodless stalemate. The only shot fired being the one which killed one unfortunate
0: hog. Oh, the hog. Oh, I wonder if it tasted better because it was like self-satisfying. That hog
1: gave its life Uh so that we might end that tension non-bloodily. Except for (laughs) its blood. Yeah. Who? What happened
0: to that hog's corpse? Uh, it probably got returned to its owner. Mm, Maybe. And then they had bacon. I know. I would have. I would have like you know. Oh, uh, the the real tasty hindquarters that got blown off with my gun. (laughs) Or do you have to not eat it because it's a symbol of the war? Oh, so like what? Like stick it on a flagpole and fly it like over yes. over
1: your farm Just as yes. like a, <laughs> a scarehog
0: around. No, it's a scarehog. You like pin it up. No hogs Come into my potato patch.
1: Do <laughs> oh, you think the Americans did that? Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's
1: such a weird
2: feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling you're dying inside, and when you wake up, start to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when. The week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have
3: things you want to hear about. We will.
1: caustic soda was recorded by mike leeson in a closed carriage tied to an opponent who was hacking at his lower region with his teeth to comment on episodes make donations and for links images videos and show notes visit causticsodapodcast.com Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Next time on Caustic Soda. Yeah, so he didn't defuse the situation. He did the exact opposite of defusing the situation.
1: Hey, go defuse that fire! More wood coming up.
0: Hit something. Oh no! You know what you do is you just put the bombs in like buckets, and then you just roll the plane. Oh yeah, there you go. (laughs)
2: War. <coughs> Goddamn. <clears throat> Do you need more um, I got a little steak dust in my need throat. More steak honestly. dust. To clear out that steak dust. <coughs>